Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MedClade podcast, episode number seven. Today, I am joined by Dr. Rodrigo Gerardo. Dr. Gerardo is a general surgery resident with a background in social media, television, and nutrition. In 2018, he graduated from medical school at the Wright State University Boonshoff School of Medicine. He is also doing his general surgery residency here. Dr. Gerardo has also received a concentration in global health after mission trips to Jamaica and Uganda. Currently, he is doing his research years at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center, where he serves as the research fellow for Dr. Todd Ponsky. Without further ado, let's get started. So how are you doing today, Dr. Gerardo? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. So out of all the specialties in the medical field, like being a cardiologist or a radiologist, why did general surgery stand out to you? Yeah, great question. I actually went to medical school to become a pediatrician um, and then did went all through third year, did my rotations, thought I was going to be, you know, doing my application for a pediat- uh, pediatrics residency. And then um, one of my last rotations was general surgery. And I think it has caught that OR bug. There's something about the hands-on nature of it that felt very natural to me um, that I really enjoyed. I liked, you know, uh, the immediate gratification of, you know, a patient comes in with um, appendicitis, we cut out their appendix and they're done, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, along with getting to work with my hands. Um, so I just threw out all my, you know, pediatric stuff. I was like, okay, well, time to change gears and now mm-hmm. I'm applying for general surgery residency. Got it. And I know that being a general surgery resident is a lot of work, but how are you able to manage that workload and still have time for things that you like to do, such as social media? Yeah, I think that uh, you're right, first of all. I think that there are a handful of residencies who that I would say, you know, are more time demanding than others, just the nature of it. You know, general surgery is certainly one of them. And I also believe that, you know, people make time for what's important to them. You know, so yes, you're going to be working probably 70 to 80 hours a week for five years. But, you know, what are you doing with your time outside of that? Um, you know, that's totally up to you and, and how you can make it work, whether it's, you know, exercise or video games or raising a family or taking care of your family. Or for me, I really like doing social media. So you carve out time for it when you can. Got it. And what would you say is the best thing about being a doctor or the most rewarding thing about being a doctor? I think the most rewarding thing for me is, uh, well, I should say that there, there are two parts to this. One is the patient side of the patient facing side of being a doctor right. and nothing compares to, you know, post-operatively when the patient recovers and they say, Hey, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're grateful for what you did to them, uh, for them, whether it's, you know, an emergency general surgery, or sometimes in some of our rotations, we do surgical oncology, which, you know, you're literally cutting cancer out of somebody. I mean, there's no greater reward than that feeling of, you know, helping someone and then their gratitude. And the other side of it is, I think the, um, kind of like the, the physician side or the care provider side which is to me I think I really enjoy um, as a surgeon you you really lead a surgical team of you know fellows residents medical students nurses PAs NPs 
respiratory therapists. Like there's a whole team that you get to uh, you get to guide through the care of multiple patients. And for me, that part, the professional side, is also very rewarding. Awesome. And what are some challenges that you had in medical school or your residency program, and how were you able to overcome them? Um, sure. Uh, I would say probably one. One thing that maybe it resonates with other medical students out there or pre-med students out there is I'm not a very good test taker. I never have been. So for me to get good grades in medical school and stuff, oftentimes it meant like putting in a little bit of extra time. Um, so I don't know if I've actually overcome this, if I'm being honest. I think it's a learning process. I'm still trying to figure out how to be a better test taker and stuff like that. Even now in surgery residency, I'm trying to figure out strategies for myself to be better at that multiple choice scenario that you know in medicine we can't get away from um so for me that was kind of like a challenging thing you know the the easy stuff the easy stuff to me is communicating with a patient communicating with other you know surgery residents or attendings um the difficult stuff in surgery residency i would say the physical actual tactile you know sensation the haptic feedback that you're trying to learn when you're doing a procedure how much pressure is too much how much is too little you know how how does this type of tissue feel opposed to this type of tissue and a lot of that it just takes time and i'm, I'm definitely not there yet but i i i think that overcoming that it just it's going to take time it's going to take more experience got it and what is some of the best advice that you would give to someone starting medical school or or a residency program um, I think the advice that was given to me that I kind of poo-pooed at and then turned out was totally right was, uh, you know, keep an open mind. Like I told you, I, I went to medical school to be a pediatrician. I had a whole plan for my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to go to med school, do pediatrics, get out in three years and then be a, you know, private practice pediatrician or something out in the community. Mm-hmm. And then over time that changed and it was like, oh, I think I might maybe want to work in a hospital and said, oh, well, I think I want to do something procedural. And then it's like, oh, I think I want to do the most procedural stuff ever and be a surgeon, you know? And now I'm looking down the barrel of, you know, nine plus years after uh, medical school in just residency and fellowship. So, you know, keep an open mind. You're going to figure it out when you get to that point and you're, education you're going to figure out which way you want your career to go and it might not be the way that you plan and that's okay great and what is some of um sorry as a resident how many hours do you usually work every week and how many vacations do you get every year yeah so this is actually regulated by the acgme the american college of graduate medical uh education so you have to average in a four-week span you have to average no greater than 80 hours. What does that mean? That means that as a general surgery resident, sometimes you're working 60, sometimes you're working 90, and you log those hours accordingly. And then in a four week span, you have to be at or under 80 hours um, according to their bylaws. Uh, Within those kind of, um, you know, bounds, the vacation time and stuff is also set. So like you have to be given at least three weeks of vacation and you have to get at least uh don't quote me on this i think it's like one or a week or two of uh what they call um administrative leave and that's for residents to go to conferences or things like that research things um so all in all though that's really just guided by um the american college of uh 
whatever I said, graduate medical education. Um, it, these things are changing all the time. The American Board of Surgery recently uh, made a statement that I think that surgery residents now are um, allowed to get something like six six weeks or something like that for parental leave if they have a child. Um, so a lot of this stuff is kind of flexible. Uh, the, I guess, you know, the program that you end up at and who knows the generation that it ends up being, I mean, you know, the, the, this might be kind of fluid. It might change over time. Got it. And aside from medicine, I also noticed that you love social media and creating content. So I wanted to ask, when did you first start making your videos and what were they on? When did I first start making my videos? Honestly, when I was like 10 years old and I got a camcorder with my neighborhood best friends, I've been making videos like my whole life, I feel like. Uh, we would do like comedy skits, we would like reenact SNL skits or make up our own stupid little funny comedy things. Um, and then just over time, the, the content changed to whatever I was doing. You know, in high school, I would make, anytime that we had a chance to do a project, like I would make a video project. In college, same thing. I would make them for like my fraternity. I would make them for like all the clubs I was in. And then medical school, same thing. I was making videos all the time with my friends for projects, for like on different rotations around. So now I'm a general surgery resident, you know, doing research with pediatric surgery. So I do a lot of content on that, on being a resident, on pediatric surgery stuff. That's what a lot of our content on uh, on YouTube is. It's, you know, little short videos and podcasts about pediatric surgical topics. So, I mean, I think that for me, it's, it's just something that I'm always doing. And the type of content just changes based on whatever I'm doing. When I'm in attending and I'm making content, who knows what the heck that, that's gonna look like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Cool, and what are three qualities that you think someone should have if they wanna go into the medical field? Did you say three qualities? Yeah, three qualities. If they wanna go into medicine. I guess, uh, I guess one is the, uh, the work ethic. I think that like, um, a lot of people in the world are smart and they don't go into medicine. That's not the, I don't know, I don't think that's the magic sauce, you know, that's not the magic juice. I have friends who are smart who went into other fields of uh, business or something else and they're making more money than me now in our, in our early 30s. Uh, you know, so the work ethic, I think, is the difference. I think that it's the concept of putting in all this time to study and learn you know, how to be a surgeon, it takes decades. Um, the work ethic to try and put the time in and see it through, that is, I think, unique to medicine to a certain degree. Um, then another thing I would, I would say is uh, patience, which kind of goes along with that, is that, you know, it, it takes a lot of, I don't know, foresight to kind of think, or patience and foresight to think like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, spend my four years of college, you know, trying to get straight A's instead of partying, meeting people, making connections so I can get a job in business or something like that. It's a very different college experience. Um, I shouldn't say very different. I still had a lot of fun. I was in a fraternity and stuff, but I mean, it's just the vibe is different. Uh, a third thing I would say is that like, and some people might argue, based on the specialty here, but I mean, I think that you have to, to a certain degree, be good at working with a team. Um, now, and in surgery, I think is, is more so a team sport than a lot of other 
areas of medicine, like for example, family medicine, you could potentially be kind of a, the only doctor in a practice out there, but you know, you're still going to need nursing staff, medical assistants, you know, right. you probably have partners in your practice that you have to coordinate with. You have a scheduler who's coordinating the schedule, you know, you're, the, the, the concept of working with a team with a common goal, um, you know, being a team player, regardless of what specialty you go into, I think is applicable across the board. Got it. And do you have any application tips when someone is applying to medical school or residency program? I'm sorry, say one more time? Uh, do you have any application tips when someone is applying to medical school or residency program? Sure. Um, I would say for medical school, my tip, my number one tip is like have all of your ducks in a row uh, early um, because it's rolling admissions, or at least it was when I was applying. Uh, it's rolling admissions. So meaning that if you get your application in first, then the admissions committee at that school is more likely to come across your, uh, you know, your paperwork before someone who's putting it through in October. You know what I mean? Um, they fill a certain number of spots for interviews and then those spots are gone. So, uh, I would, I remember clicking submit the very first day, the morning of the first day that it was available on the, uh, on the website. Um, so I would say that's my number one thing. Uh, you want to get your stuff in early. You want to get it all, get it in, you know, as soon as you can, even if it's not complete, if you're waiting for an MCAT score or something like that, doesn't really matter. Just get your application in. If you're waiting for a letter of rec and still hit submit, that's my number one advice for medical school uh, application wise uh, for residency. Um, it's kind of different because the process is a match process. So it's not like, you know, it's not like medical school where a committee is reading off, you know, a thousand applications and then trying to figure out who they're going to interview. Uh, residency is, uh, goes through a match system. So like, it's not quite the same. Um, so because it relies on an algorithm instead of, you know, giving out acceptances to, you know, whoever they like as they like them throughout the interview process. So for residency, uh, my, my advice is less about that. It's more so like, um, you gotta find a program that you really vibe with. Uh, and I say that because like, you know, residency is hard, it's long. You don't want to go to a program that maybe has different intentions for their residents than what you want for your career. I don't that I don't mean that in like a malignant way, although that could also be interpreted, you know, that way. But I mean, like, if you want to be a community general surgeon, you should find a residency program or residency programs that train community general surgeons. If you want to be an academic surgeon, go into fellowship, be in, you know, involved in research, you have to find residency programs that give those opportunities to their residents. So you got to find that. And then on top of that, you got to find a group of people who you relate to, who you vibe with, even if it's over Zoom, because I know a lot of this is virtual now. You know, you got to find your, you know, you got to find your people. Great advice. And many people tend to take a gap year before applying to medical school. Do you think that's useful or not? Uh, yes and no. Look at the average age of the uh, first year medical student now in 2022. It's going to be something like, 
to closer to 25 as opposed to 22. Uh, why is that? Because I think medical schools want a diverse um, body of students. Now that diversity is in age, sex, you know, cultural background, ethnicity, but also education. So they want people who maybe, you know, did something else in their, their time there. Maybe they got a PhD or a master's degree, or maybe they went off and taught with Teach for America or something, something else besides, you know, the usual track of, of going straight from college to medical school. Now, that being said, a lot of, and I think most of the first year medical students are still that group of people who, you know, went straight through. But I think it's valuable in a sense that uh, it allows the allows you to grow, to get to step away from everything and do something a little bit different for one or two years or whatever while, while you reapply or apply to medical school. And on top of that, I think medical schools value, uh, you know, different type of, types of experiences like that. Great, and that question wraps up this episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Jarder, for being on the MedBay podcast. It really means a lot. And I hope everyone listening has enjoyed this episode and has learned a lot about being a doctor and a general surgery resident. If you guys would like to take a look at Dr. Gerardo's Instagram page, it will be linked in the description of this episode. Once again, thank you, doctor, for coming on. And I hope everyone listening has a great rest of the day. And see you guys next time.